And so we're continuing, as you heard, in our, in our Gospel of Mark. Remember we said that the Gospel of Mark was the first, it's believed to be the first Gospel that was written. It was written very um, quickly and wanted to put the Word of God in the hands of people for the next generation. Because now the ones that were the followers of Christ, the early disciples are starting to now get elderly or are, are being martyred or dying. And so how do we keep this word alive and how do we spread it on to the next generation? Praise God, we're here today. Because Mark decided to write the Gospel of Mark. And so because of that, you'll see this word immediately a lot in the Gospel of Mark, just for the few of those that haven't been with us for a while. Uh, but you'll see this kingship. You heard the music this morning was about the kingship of Jesus, the authority, the Lord himself. And, and so that is what we're looking at. You'll see that always as that theme throughout Mark. And so here we are again today. The topic of today's message is this word authority. I just thought about that word, authority, and, and you know, you always go to the dictionary to get the real meaning of the word, right? And so the, in the dictionary, the meaning of the word authority is the power or right to give orders, make decisions, enforce obedience. And we'll, we won't talk about how that will happen if we tend to go a certain speed and uh, somebody is on the side of the road with a fancy camera. I don't know what you call that thing. Anyway, we won't even go there. <laughs> a radar gun, there you go. Um, one of the interesting things that uh, just being, being at the hospital on Friday visiting Ruby, this sign was plastered everywhere. Now, I don't know if they're in our hospital up here, but in Summerside, uh, violence is not part of the job. Now, I don't know if you can see all that, but everyone has the right to a safe workplace. Report all violence and aggression, including spitting, foul language, threats, and intimidation. Now, who would have thought that we would ever go into the hospital and they would need to put a sign up like that? See, today we live in a day where people despise authority. Who's uh, 30 years younger, 30 years of age here or younger? Put your hands up. Not who would like to be. I saw those few hands. Okay. Yeah, there's a few likeabees. There's a few likeabees. You're not being truthful. Well, that's not today's message. Well, apparently you're the generation who don't like authority. You despise authority. Physicians now post signs in their exam rooms that declare, please don't confuse your Google search with my medical degree. Few of us would have the gall to say to a pilot, uh, I think I've watched online, I could fly this plane better than you can. And yet people will go in and see medical doctors and they're talking about what's happening now, that they believe that Google search knows more than a doctor who has had all this education and experience. It seems to be the norm today. Do you know it's interesting because medical studies uh, have shown that there are examples of this. They're actually training doctors today about how to deal with this and what this looks like. And there was a list of behaviors. I could not share all the behaviors with you. I just have a few here. And this makes sense of the sign that we just seen at the Summerside Hospital. Angry or rude outbursts. Now hear me, this is not from the 30-year-olds and younger. There's a lot doing this that aren't so young. 
angry or rude outbursts, verbal threats, swearing, pushing or throwing objects, bullying, shaming, humiliation, demeaning comments, spiteful behavior, backstabbing behavior, constant, distorted, or misrepresented nitpicking and fault-finding, and the list goes on and on. How people are showing their behavior against anyone in authority. This is to do with the medical field. I remember watching uh, on the news, and when we're down in Shelton, we're cheap. We don't have cable. So we have one of those cheap little antennas, you know, the one that gets two channels for you. And that's all we need down there. But it's quite interesting because we get to watch the New Brunswick news and Nova Scotia news. We can't see PEI news, but we get to see what's happening. Oh, by the way, they call it Atlantic news, but PEI is hardly ever mentioned unless we have a new COVID case. Then we're mentioned. I noticed that. But anyway, I was watching the news, and there was literally this videotape of a woman who walked into a fabric store and was ballistic and irate to the owner or the girl that worked at the store because she was told she could not enter the store unless she wore a mask. What I just read to you about these behavioral things was exactly what you were seeing videotaped, and now was on the news. I couldn't help to think how embarrassed she would have been after that moment. There's a story, oh, I, I don't know, have you ever been stuck in gridlock? You guys haven't, most likely. We complain getting stuck behind a potato truck. Some of us have lived in the reality of gridlock. Some of us have lived in the reality of, yes, there's a few heads nodding, what it's like to be downtown Toronto on a Friday evening when everyone's trying to get home for the weekend. And you literally come to an intersection and it is blocked. And no one is going anywhere. They're just solid block. Horns are blaring. Taxi drivers are swearing. Hot and tired commuters eager to get home for the weekend. Nobody knows what to do. They're stuck. Imagine then a person comes into the middle of it all and begins to direct traffic. Drivers are surprised. But they follow his directions anyway, and the blockage is unblocked, and traffic begins to blow and flow again. Then all of a sudden, the police arrive. They've been upstaged. Who does this man think he is? to get in the middle of traffic and direct it. And so they look at him and say, they say, who do you think you are? Who gave you the right to do this? On whose authority did you have the right to come and direct traffic? Now that sounds a little strange story. It's actually a true story. But the reality is, this is what's going on with the religious establishment in Jesus' day in the passage we just heard read. You see, for centuries, there have been the chief priests and his subordinate officials, and there was this whole hierarchy and this whole system that was in place. And then suddenly there's this young, unknown man steps on the stage and begins to take charge. And they're thinking, who does he think he is? Who gave him the right? On whose authority is he here? 
And that's what we're looking at this morning in our passage, is truthfully, is Jesus the king? And if he is the king, then he has full authority. He must have ultimate authority. That's our topic this morning, is looking at this aspect of authority, if you haven't caught on yet. See, authority, true authority, is unique knowledge wedded together with unique power. The two must go hand in hand, and we'll see this in our story today. Now, I, on a side note, I know that people have abused authority, right? That's why there's such a distrust with the 30-year-olds and younger, that there's a distrust for authority. We've seen it. We get to see it on the media constantly. As I say, we watch it on the news, and we won't even go there, but but we begin to realize that there is this distrust of authority. Parents and teachers, government, and even leaders in the church have disappointed us. We know that in church history. People have abused authority. The downside of that is, is that now we begin to paint wash everybody with the same wash. All authority now is abusive. Uh, all authority, whether, whether we even know, like we were talking about medicine, well, what about principals and teachers, what they've been going through in recent years? What about police forces, what they've been going through? See, there is this now this, this need to just, we don't want anything to do with authority because they're abusive. Yes, there are those that have been abusive in their position of authority. Some of us could tell stories today how we still have the scars because people in authority have hurt us disappointed us, let us down. There's an important passage that Mike and I have been talking a lot about, Pastor Mike and I. This is the downside that can happen. This is from the book of Judges. If we're not careful, if we don't understand the proper role of authority, we can come into a time and this is what it says in the book of Judges, 17.6. In those days, there was no king in Israel, and everyone did what was right in their own eye. That's the danger. That's the danger that we come into if we're not careful, if we don't understand the proper place of authority in our culture, in our homes, and I say, dare we say, the church and in our Christian lives. Because if not, then you do what you want, I do what I want, and we have no rules or regulations or guidelines or anything. And we got gridlock. You ever see that in a family? Heaven forbid we ever see that in the church. Because I'm going to do what I want to do, and you're going to do what you want to do, and there is nobody doing what he wants us to do if we're not careful. Without proper authority, without proper leadership, without the proper ways that God would have in our lives, we enter into what we say, antinomianism. That means people with no law. We actually enter into a messy time of chaos. And I couldn't help to think, is that what we're going to see more and more of as we face COVID? Because there's psychologists that have said that, uh, that they realize that these behaviors that we talked about earlier are because people are on survival mode. And when they're in survival mode, they're frustrated and things aren't working out the way that they had hoped and wanted. And so it spews out of their lives and, and, and they're doing all these kind of behaviors. What I'm afraid of, we are actually in a place where our society is going to implode. 
if we don't understand the need for guidelines, people in authority, leadership, and dare I say, in the church. And so we come into this passage today and we realize, oh, I love this changer, I don't. We're talking about Jesus' authority, author, authority. This passage, I first, at first glance, looked at it, and I thought, oh, Jesus taught, Jesus healed, he cast out demons. That's what this is about. No, my friends, this passage is looking about Jesus as he starts his ministry, is that he indeed is the one who has full authority. First of all, in our passage, verses 21 to 22, it says that Jesus has the authority to teach. Right? That was their, their uh, comment that they said. Jesus begins his ministry and teaches. He teaches as one with authority. And so it's interesting because Jesus now has a message to share. And the first place that he is going to go share the message is at the synagogue. The synagogue was the place of the message. Just like we on Sundays come together to hear the word of God and to listen to it and not sleep through it. We are here to learn from the Word of God. That's what the synagogue was. Now, the synagogue didn't have singing. It didn't have a, a full-time preacher. But there was three things at the synagogue they would gather to do. They would pray. They would read the Word of God. And somebody would teach on that. And so this day, in particular, Jesus has the honor to now teach on that Word. And so they've heard it, they've prayed, they've heard the word read, and now they've come in to hear the teaching. But somehow when Jesus teaches, something's different. Jesus is now teaching with one with authority, we hear in that passage. The people had never heard anything like that before in the synagogue. And so he taught with authority. Jesus surprised them. He was a nobody at this point, some obscure individual from the hick town of Nazareth. And how does he teach different than everyone else? We know that Jesus taught simply and directly, and they're astonished. It doesn't sound like there was anything profound there, but you see, Jesus is not just the one sharing a message. He's the messenger, and he's not just teaching something, but he's the actual source of it. So he's going, you're going directly to the source and hearing from him. Do you know one of the problems for us in modern Christianity is we are so used to second and third and fourth and tenth times over and of what people think about something. We want to be spoon-fed. We want the milk. We, we don't want to do the hard work to study and, and go back to the word directly and search for it ourselves and say, search me, O oh God, as we read the word of God. We want to hear what somebody else had to say that somebody else had to say that somebody else has to say what that word is supposed to mean to you. Now hear me right. There's a place for teaching and a place for preaching. But there was something different that day because instead of hearing it secondhand, thirdhand, tenth hand from somebody, they actually heard it from the source himself. And I'll tell you, my friends, I can watch all the TV evangelists I want, but when Jesus speaks to me directly, it makes a big difference. I need to hear directly from the source. I need to hear the message from the messenger. 
And that's what happened that day. They're so excited about that. You see the scribes, it even tells us that he taught with authority, not like the scribes. Who were the scribes? Well, they were godly men. Their role was to study the word, experts of the law. And so they would gather there and they would quote other rabbinic leaders and those in years past and bring interpretation to that passage of scripture by what so-and-so said or this rabbi said. Actually, we know often they talked to Jesus and called him rabbi, and that was the highest of the scribes. They were a rabbi, a teacher. And so here they would debate what this rabbi said and that rabbi said, and that's how they would come to their conclusion about what this is saying. And so they began to have new interpretations of what this was saying. They began to uh, have it in all different kinds of ways and arguments and discussion. And, oh, they had great intellectual discussion. Then they began to look at the law and they began to use it to set a standard. And it became new regulations. And it was regulation after regulation after regulation after regulation. Over 600 and something by the time Jesus was on the scene. You have a hard time keeping the Ten Commandments. Imagine just regulation after regulation. You could never keep the law. That's what Paul is talking about as you get into Romans. The struggle. And so they have this list of what? Do's and don'ts. You do this, you don't do that. You do this, you don't do that. You do this, you don't do that. And it falls into legalism. And now Jesus comes in, and it's like a breath of fresh air blowing through that synagogue, because the source himself brings the message of God directly, right from God. And you know, uh, Jesus is a great teacher, yes, but he's more than that. He's a great preacher, yes, but he's more than that. Jesus himself has the authority because he is the word himself. See, we can learn about Jesus and read about Jesus and talk about Jesus. We can gather and talk about God's attributes and his laws and his claims. But if we're not careful, it becomes an argument from a distance. You'll meet lots of people who are great scholars of this word, but they have no personal relationship with Jesus Christ. None. And all it is is words on the page. Jesus spoke with authority because he was the word. Thanks, guys, for putting that back up. He is the authority, and he has the authority to teach. Now, one of the interesting things is he doesn't just have the authority to teach. He now has the authority over the powers. Unclean spirits, we read in this passage. Because I'll tell you one thing, Pastor Mike and I have actually spoken in places where there have been hecklers right in the place while you're preaching. You've never had an experience preaching until you got hecklers in the crowd yelling out at you. And so Jesus is preaching. He's sharing the word. They've got it right from the source, and all of a sudden there's this unclean spirit in verse 23, verses 23 to 26. And he cries out, a sounding like one who has been provoked, and the unclean spirit knows who Jesus is because he says, Jesus of Nazareth. And you know what also is interesting? He says he knows Jesus' intent. He says, have you come to destroy us? Notice the plural there. The Holy One of God. It's interesting that even in the midst of that, the demons know who Jesus is. 
The demons shudder at his authority and his power. We see that clearly in this passage. And so Jesus, all he has to do is speak the word, and the man is set free. He has that kind of authority. You know, back in those days, the Jews believed in demons. The original word here is one who does harm. They are these intermediate malignant beings who are between God and man, who are trying to do us harm. And I think we need to realize that we in North America don't want to talk about it. You even feel uncomfortable now that I'm bringing it up. But it's the word of God. They are around, and they are around to bring your destruction. But praise God, he's got all authority over any power that would try to get in between you and your relationship with God. He has all authority. That's what this passage shows us. You see, there were Jewish exorcists in those days, and these Jewish exorcists would go around and cast out demons, and they had these elaborate incantations and spells and magical things that they would do, but the truth of it was it did nothing for no one. All they did was get rich. It didn't change anybody. It didn't bring any transformation. But Christ has all authority over the powers, and he speaks one word, and the man is set free. That's all it takes. See, this is not so much a story about demon possession as it is about verse 15 that we already talked about, that Mark was trying to present to us. The time is fulfilled. The kingdom the kingdom, kingship we talked about a few weeks ago of God has come near. And so the king has all authority. See, there's no sphere in life which fall outside his ability. There's no predicament that you find yourself in today that he cannot rescue you. I think of that song, He's My Rescuer. I kept thinking of that this week that God wants to rescue us in the mess and the complications we find ourselves in. And so this shows us that he has authority. He has authority over the powers. It also shows us that he exercised authority over illness and disease. Now, a few of you perked up when you heard that. Verses 29 to 31, we see this passage shows us that after the synagogue, they returned home. And what do you want right after lunch on Sunday morning? I mean, right after church, I gave it away. Lunch. And so uh, that would have been the Sabbath, which would have been the Saturday, but from sunset to sunset is the Sabbath. So this is a full Sabbath day because we're told from sunset, the end of our passage will say at sunset, the people were coming to the door. So they're trying to show us this full day of worship in this passage of Mark. And so the first thing you did after the synagogue was you went home. It would have been the sixth hour, which would have been noon. They went home. And so Jesus goes into the home of Peter. But unfortunately, maybe there wasn't much lunch that day because Peter's mother-in-law is in bed with the fever. Apparently, she probably would have been there for a while. Now, again, they had this belief for healing. See, they had situations like that that, They had no medication like we have today. And and so she's there in bed with this fever. She's had it for a while. So they had little things that they would do. They would take a piece of your hair and put it in. I was reading some of that. I thought, we don't want to get into the details. And they would hang it outside by the door, thinking that was going to heal her. Guess what? She wasn't healed. 
I believe in this passage, probably Jesus walking in the door saw all that stuff by the door, thinking that was the answer for her. The answer that she needed was Jesus. He had all authority. He comes in and he meets with uh, Peter's mother-in-law and he just says a word, a gesture and a word, and she is healed. Jesus has all authority over disease, over illness. Nowhere in the Gospels do we read that, that anyone was turned away. Now, we know many were healed but didn't come back to thank him. But we know that Jesus, where he could, he constantly healed and touched people, and they were healed. I don't understand why today it doesn't happen the way it did there. I believe God can. Pastor Mike started our passage, our service today saying that, that we believe that God can. So maybe it's got something to do with us. I don't know. Maybe we're not desperate enough. Maybe we don't have enough faith. I don't understand that, but I also believe that it's God's will, and I believe he heals through modern medicine today. I believe that God heals in all different ways. But one thing we need to settle today is does he have all authority? Do we believe that? Is there any disease that Jesus couldn't heal? I don't believe so. Because he even raised the dead. Do we believe that? So he has all authority. Now, I tell you one thing, that whenever Jesus heals, even today, when healing happens, it is not for that person, it is not even for their family, how much we love them and weep for them. It is for the glory of God that Jesus heals, that God might be exalted and glorified. And I would say sometimes God is glorified when he says to the person like Apostle Paul, my grace is sufficient for you. Whatever way he wants to be glorified, ultimately we need to bow to his authority, even over our sickness and illness. He has all authority. Here's a side note. Ruby and I had this conversation on Friday. I told her what I would be preaching on on Sunday. And so it's interesting. Kenny, this is your mother-in-law that needs a touch fever, different things going on. And so here's, here's the interesting thing. She had a good smile after I said that. No sooner was she healed, she began to care for their needs. She got up and made Sunday lunch. You know, Barclay said it this way. She used her recovered health for renewed service. Well, that's a powerful statement. That's a whole message right there, but we won't go there today. She used her recovered health for renewed service. How many times has the Lord touched us and healed us? How many times do we come to the Lord and ask for healing? Is our attitude that if he touches and heals me, I'm going to do whatever you want, Lord, whatever renewed service, I'm going to go back and I'm going to serve tables if that's what you called me to. I'm going to do what you've called me to do. That's just a whole different message. And so we see today in our passage that Jesus said, didn't he? Jesus came to them and said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Here's the question we have to ask ourselves today. Really? Even the best authorities in our day will let us down. There are those that even abuse authority. But ultimately, the church of Jesus Christ needs to settle this question. 
Does he have authority? Does he have authority over the Elmsdale Church of the Nazarene? Does he have authority over your life? Over your past? Over your present? Over your future? Does he have authority? Without Jesus as our authority, life gets messy. And we enter into chaos. We talk about holiness. We talk about crucifying the flesh. Why do we say that? Because you can meet a lot of people who know Jesus as Lord and Savior, but they are going around with a rebellious spirit. And oh, it shows its ugly head every once in a while. Don't you tell me what to do. I'm my own person. Oh, there's some marriages that that shows up. No laughs there. So you can know Jesus as Savior, but you can still be walking around with a rebellious spirit and not a submissive spirit. It is important for us to realize today that this authority question needs to be settled. It needs to be settled in our leadership, but it also needs to be settled in every person who sits in the pew. If not, we move into chaos. We move into fractions. We move into power struggles. Everyone trying to do, as we said in the judges, are we moving into those days again in our society? Everyone does what was right in their own eyes because there is no king. And so I ask you today at the end of this message, as the worship band comes, is he your king? Does he have complete dominion over your life? over your marriage, over your family, over your past, present, and your future? Is he truly king of kings and lord of lords? You see, why do I ask that? Because the truth of it is, our passage at the end, it sounds wonderful. According to the world's way, you think, wow, look at the end of this passage. Sunset had come and people were flocking at the door. The whole town, it says the whole town was at the door there. And he healed them and he set the captives free. But you know what's sad about that passage? Is they came to Jesus for what they could get out of him. Nowhere there does it tell us that that town that came, that he touched and set free, that they decided to follow him, that they bowed the knee like Thomas did and said more, my Lord, my God. They got what they could get out of Jesus and that was enough for them. If we're not careful today, we can live crisis faith. I've seen it many times, and those listening in today, that we can live crisis faith. Oh, we come to Jesus, and we believe he has authority when I have a need. But once the need is taken care of, I'm out of here. That's why I'm saying to you today, this authority issue in the Gospel of Mark is so important. Mark is trying to show you this, this difference that's out there in our day. Jesus still touches and heals. Jesus saves. But there are those that realize that he is truly king of kings and lord of lords. Not on that last day when the trump will sound. Because then you'll know for sure. But today, you proclaim that he is king and he is lord. My king. My lord. And I bow my knee to his authority. And I give him complete dominion over my life, over my all. You know, back to our story that we started with, 
that young man who directed the traffic in the gridlock, turned out to be the one secretly appointed to head the city's police force. He had all authority. Those young police officers that were challenging him didn't know it and didn't recognize it, but he had all authority that day. I think about that, the reality for us this morning. Christ has all authority. Have you recognized it? Do you know it? You know, we sing that chorus in the church, He is Lord. He is Lord. I can hear Brother Ravenhill, Pastor Ravenhill, ask that question. Really? Really? Because the moment you say a prayer and say, Lord, you're saying that he's your king. You're saying he has authority. You're saying he's in control. When we pray, how do we pray? At the end of our prayer. In the name of Jesus. What does that say when we pray? When I pray and I have my time and I end and I say in the name and the authority of Jesus. Even my prayers I'm proclaiming he is king and Lord. He has complete authority. That's why I can even go and pray to him and believe that he'll intervene in this need. So I'm going to ask you to stand to your feet. We're going to sing this song about his great name. And I want to challenge you today that maybe it's just the day that you start to realize, and you might even admit, you know, I've been a bit rebellious, Pastor. I've been a bit rebellious, Lord. Maybe you're going to say to your spouse or to your parent or to your child, I've been rebellious. I've been wanting to do it my own way. But today I'm going to proclaim him as Lord, King, who has complete authority over my life. I believe there's some marriages today that you need to say, he has complete authority over our marriage. And there are some that need to say over families today, we proclaim that he has authority over this household. We don't follow the march that we see out in our world that is anti-authoritarian because we know we have an authority over us, and his name is Jesus.